It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And we're back on Decal Download. I'm Rich Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. 10,000 children. That's how much DECAL is expanding our Child Care and Parent Services, or CAPS, program as of November 1st. Commissioner Yu and Governor Brian Kemp made this announcement last month to provide additional support to Georgia's families and child care providers and to ensure more children have access to quality early educational opportunities. Yeah, we were so pleased to finally be able to announce uh, such exciting news. Uh, We know how expensive child care can be, but also how important it is for not only early learning and early development, but for parents as they uh, go to work every day to have access to child care. And so we're so happy that we're able to uh, provide this assistance to 10,000 additional children. It's amazing. You know, um, I've been here almost 10 years, and I know you've been here several years as well, and you've heard from people through the years, can you add capacity to CAPS? Uh, It comes up fairly often, and here it is. Yes, it's so exciting. And, you know, it's not because we don't want to add capacity to CAPS. It's just a funding issue. But with the additional federal stimulus dollars, this allows us to um, increase it from the 50,000 that we currently um, serve with our CAPS scholarships to an additional 10,000. So it's 60,000 children will benefit from this and, of course, their families. That is great news. We're going to delve into it today. Joining us to talk about expanding CAPS by 10,000 children is Elizabeth Casper, Deputy Commissioner for the CAPS program in Georgia. And we're very honored to have Miranda Gore, a mom with five children who are part of the CAPS program. Ladies, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So glad to be here. Well, we're looking forward to talking to you guys. Elisabetta, the CAPS program currently serving 50,000 children uh, from families with no to low income, and uh, it helps them with the cost of childcare, obviously. This expansion, which runs through October 1st, 2024, is being paid for through ARPA. That's the American Rescue Plan uh, passed by Congress earlier this year. And really, Commissioner, let me ask both you and Elizabeth, uh, what led to this decision? You know, um, we, you know, our mission and vision at DECAL is ensuring that every child has access to quality early learning. And a big piece of that is the financial assistance that we're able to provide through our CAPS program. And um, like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we've served 50,000 children pretty steady, at least since I've been um, at DECAL. And we've always wanted to increase that number. We just haven't had the funding. It's a very expensive program. Um, And so now with this additional federal dollars, that was one of our priorities. We knew we wanted to be able to expand access and and add these 10,000 CAP scholarships um, so 10,000 children can benefit. Elizabeth, did I steal your answer? (laughs) Um, No, I was going to say I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I just would echo that we just want to give access to more children across Georgia um, to early uh, high quality early learning experiences. Yeah. And this is something, again, that we've heard from uh, constituents and from advocates through the years. And it's just that opportunity. You know, I think Oprah uh, had the quote uh, when where preparation meets opportunity is where things happen. And that's what happened. We have prepared 
for this opportunity. Then the money came along, and here we are with 10,000 more children uh, in the program. Now, Elisabetta, is this a permanent change, or how would you uh, how would you describe it? The expansion is based on one-time funding. So while it's in place for a while, um, until October of 2024, as you mentioned in the beginning of our podcast, um, um, the, the money for serving those children is only one-time funding. And so we um, will have... Um, uh, add the children and they will be a part of our program. Um, and there's not going to be anybody who gets all of a sudden terminated or anything like that. However, we will attrition back down and we'll basically have those expanded eligibility limits in place in order to allow us to add the 10,000 children. And then once they're added, we will evaluate what those eligibility limits need to be at that point. Um, as they are often um, a good tool or a vehicle for us to be able to add um, children when we need to. Well, it's important to note that this increase in the number of children served also includes an expansion of CAPS eligibility limits, making more children and families eligible for the program. Specifically, it increases the entry income threshold for 50% of the state median income to 85%. And that is confusing for me, so I know it must be confusing for families. Uh, so, Elizabeth, can you explain that? <laughs> yes. It basically means that whereas a family of four used to be at 50% of the state median income eligible, um, the income would have been about around $42,000 a year. It increased that eligibility limit now. To seventy-two thousand, or roughly seventy-two thousand dollars a year for a family of four. So that's a huge increase for people. And that really puts it in perspective. From about forty-five to seventy-two thousand uh, minimum. That's great. Commissioner Jacobs and Governor Brian Kemp uh, made the announcement last month, and we wanted to include Governor Kemp's uh, quote about this program. He said, "Since the start of the COVID nineteen pandemic in March twenty twenty." We've made childcare a top priority in Georgia for assisting first responders, essential workers, and other hardworking families who could not stop their important work or work from home during this challenging time. CAPS is a great example of a public initiative that helps families, their children, and the providers caring for their children. Our children are our greatest resource, and we always want to put them first. This expansion will allow us to serve more families while also helping more providers become quality rated. And I thought that was interesting. That's another facet of this, is increasing the quality rated tiered bonus payments by 15% based on their star level. Is that right, Elizabeth? Yes. So each of our tiered bonus levels are increasing by 15%. So this means that a one-star program that used to get 10% is now getting a 25% tiered bonus. A two-star would be getting, instead of 20%, a 35% bonus, and a three-star who would normally be getting a 40% bonus would be getting a 55% bonus. And then the new thing is that we now have new statuses in quality rated for probationary and provisional, and that's programs for probationary would be programs who went to try to become rated and didn't achieve their rating. And so they have zero stars, but they still want to work on their quality and try to attain a star rating. And then programs in a provisional status 
are new and they haven't had the opportunity to become rated yet, but they're committed and they're um, going to increase their quality and they're going to go for a star rating within um, whatever the appropriate amount of time is for that program. So those programs, which is brand new, we normally, with, if you don't have a star rating, would not be paying any tiered bonus. But because we want to support those programs in increasing their quality, we are um, giving a 15% bonus to them. And so every program who's either um, in a probationary or provisional status or who has one, two, or three star rating in the quality rated system is getting a um, tiered bonus. Very exciting. Well, awarding CAP scholarships is based on whether families qualify for at least one priority group. Tell us about the changes for those in what we call the very low income priority group. Sure. The very low income priority group before this change was at 50% of the federal poverty limit. And that's really low. That is really an income of roughly $13,000, a little bit more. And with this change, we've been able to triple that limit to around 46, actually. If you um, really think about that, it actually, so sorry, and that's for a family of four. If you think about that, it actually brings the very low income limit to very similar to where our 50% SMI initial eligibility limit was. And so I know that's all very confusing and a lot of different types of limits and percentages, but roughly what it means is that people who were eligible for CAPS before, um, but weren't in a priority group might now qualify for this priority group. And so that widens our reach again for um, making sure that we're providing access to some of the families who may need it most. So yeah, the, the great news here is with the expansion and the eligibility changes, some families who did not qualify in the past may qualify now. And, and how do they go about applying, Elizabeth? They would go to Georgia Gateway and they would um, create an account if they don't already have one and then fill out an application there. There's a screener. And after they fill out their screener and pass the screener, then they get the opportunity to submit their application. And that's just at gateway.ga.gov. It's very simple. Well, joining us on the podcast today is someone who knows firsthand the benefits of the CAPS program for families struggling with the financial burden of childcare. Miranda Gordon Gore is a mom with five children. She must be Wonder Woman in Woodstock. Uh, Miranda, how did you first learn about the CAPS program? Well, thank you for having me again. Um, And just jumping right into it, good old word of mouth, uh, Amy, good old word of mouth. I was fortunate to be introduced um, out of a negative situation, uh, going through a divorce, just like many people. Um, And I was introduced to a program that was assisting me with housing. And they mentioned CAPS because, of course, when you're talking about housing, you're talking about income and you're talking about paying for that housing. Um, And so when we were doing the budget, which was a part of the program, they help you with the budget, just completely amazing. Um, And so she said, well, here's how we're going to help offset your child care costs, because I was actually in tow at that time. I was pregnant at that time and I already had two small ones. And so. It was a complete plan of sustainability when she told me about CAPS. It was kind of like the cherry on top that made everything work (laughs) because we had that ability to offset that cost. So Mm -hmm. that's how we found out. Yeah. 
And, and that's good to know that uh, they were there ready with that, that information um, very timely. Yes. Um, and of great benefit. So Miranda, how does CAPS help you with childcare and your budget overall? I'm assuming being relieved of childcare costs for the foreseeable future, you can use that money in other places. Absolutely. So I, I'm so glad. And I told this to someone else. I was talking, another parent in line, actually. Um, I had seen this particular parent in line and I hadn't seen them, you know, through the pandemic. Uh, and I said, Hey, what's going on? Is everything okay? And she said, well, I haven't been able to afford, you know, with the pandemic, I hadn't been able to afford caps and, um, I put in my application, but I don't think I qualify. Oh my gosh. I got my pom-poms out <laughs> so, um, <laughs> because I said to her, listen, I know that the pandemic has gotten everybody going crazy. I said, but there's a lot of good things in it that are here to help, um, so I was able to let her know that she could possibly go in and reapply and be eligible. And then she could get her daughter in some of the other activities. So there's getting into your question. My, just because I'm a single mother of five, I still want my children to have the same quality of life that a two parent home would have. I want them to be able to do karate. I want them to be able to, you know, I have four boys they're growing like weeds. Okay. And so I think we went through two dress sizes in one season. <laughs> so the offset means for me being able to go safe for home. It means being able to put my daughter in dance. Um, it means, it means that extra time for mommy that I might not get. Right. So even if they're before on a day off, even if my kids are in before and after school, which is covered 100%, even for school age kids, okay? If you have children in school, your before and your after care is completely covered. That means that I can maybe work that extra hour in the office instead of having to cut my hours short because I have to get my kids by a certain time. You guys, for the everyday parent, this is affecting every area of life in an amazing way. It really, really is. It really makes the difference between a, a literal quality of life and being able to do some of those things that families may not be able to participate in otherwise. That is great to feel hear that very personal uh, perspective yes. <laughs> from you, Miranda. You know, we make a lot of assumptions at Decal, so um, it's it's nice to hear that from a parent who is actually benefiting from uh, the Caps program. That's what kind of costs are you personally seeing with childcare these days? I know all five of your children have been on CAPS with the Bells Ferry Learning Center. And I'd love to hear, how do you like it there? <laughs> we love it. <laughs> okay. Um, I have been there since my oldest was three. He's nine now. And there are several factors that go into us having been there this, this long. One of those is the fact that um, they have the ability to add additional help before the pandemic and before the expansion. They were offering a scholarship on top of what CAPS was offering. That, on top of them being quality rated, was very rare. Um, so it helped me stay in a situation. It helped me be able to maintain. And then can we just get into the actual people there? <laughs> the owners, when they personally handed me my child, um, when they, you know, said, hey, things are tight. 
here's a few extra. I found a few extra pull-ups in my bag going home. It's those things. Or if they say, hey, if you can't pay today, maybe you can just um, hold on and pay us for both weeks on Tuesday. It's those things that make it feel like family. Um, and the quality rating, I think, and having other centers try to raise to that standard is huge because it trickles down to the children. It trickles down to when they go home, how they're feeling. It trickles down to their mental health. When a parent is able to pick their child up knowing that they've been in great care all day, because we have that feeling, oh my gosh, I'm leaving my child, right? You know, those first days of school jitters um, that we all, that moms have dropping our children off and being able to come back to a quality rated place that you know your child has been cared for. They've ate well. They've been hugged if they've cried. If they've gotten to an argument, they have someone there who's going to be able to dismantle that argument. Or even if it's a boo-boo report, okay, when you come home and you see that little scratch and they're, they're not just sending your child out and you come home and they see all these scratches, they're actually explaining to you, it's just real care. And you can do that when you take the pressure off of the financial part. You can get that mm -hmm. back. And that is a payoff that I think we all can benefit from. I'll tell you that peace of mind of knowing that your child is well cared for while you're working um, is so important. Yeah. Yeah. You can focus on your work, yeah. you know, uh, without worrying about what's going on uh, back at the program. Um so what do you think about this latest news that Georgia is adding 10,000 children to the CAPS program? Can we put it on a t-shirt? <laughs> Can we put it on a t-shirt and maybe have Biden wear it maybe um, <laughs> to get the word out? And I, I, I said this and I'll say it again. I pray that Georgia is the poster child. Um, we look at what's happening uh, or what has happened in the past with um with collegiate costs and, and college costs in other countries and how they are paying for the tuition of certain programs or, or things of that nature. And you can see the benefits again, how they trickle down into just the community. And if we're in this together, let's be in this together, right? Um, the, when the entire cost is paid for, it opens up your mind to, to be able to address other things. I can go in my budget and, and I ran down some of the things that it means for us. One of those things is looking for a home. My children are small now, but we can't do a three bedroom apartment. <laughs> and we know that the cost of inflation is rising. We know that the, the real estate market is crazy. So when you're looking at living, which is directly related to your income, right? Which is you're directly related to your job. These things are so intertwined. Having, and I'll say this, um, my children range from nine, my youngest are three. The average cost, as, as we spoke about, is $168 per week. But that is for someone who's already potty trained. <laughs> when you're getting into families who have new children, uh, infants and toddlers, that can go up to $220 a week for one child. That is equivalent. A family of four, that's their mortgage. Their mortgage is their childcare, right? Um, these are very real issues. So for them, it means not maybe being able to have to go into the SNAP benefits program and they can 
buy their own, the foods that they need in their home. It means being able to not have to choose between the medicine and the lights. And it's just, it means so much in terms of overall and being able to allot those funds to a different place. Um, I have my, my, um, my middle, middle child, he is eight years old and we've moved around uh, quite a bit. And I found that when we're moving around a little bit, even with the pandemic and then coming back into normals, normalcy, he's had some behavior issues. Well, I spoke to the director and they said, well, hey, maybe we can just get him some coaching. Um, because it seems like when he's getting angry, when he's, and this is another thing that makes them quality rated, right? They're able to communicate these issues with me. I can now go hire a coach for him. Okay. I can go and hire, um, someone to help him work through those behavior issues. Well, that means that a teacher doesn't have to be stressed about my errand. And that means she's going to enjoy her job more and they're not going to have as high of a turnover, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're able to pour those things back into our child and make sure that they have what they're needing in every area, not just covered in food and clothing, but their mental health, um, their happiness, it makes it easier for our teachers. It makes it easier for the staff. Um, and it just, again, trickles down in every single area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to get you that t-shirt, Miranda. Uh, so, um, so here's, we don't have a t-shirt, but we'll, we're going to get you one uh, because Absolutely. we want you to wear it. So what would you say to a family considering applying for CAPS or to even a childcare program that might be just considering accepting CAPS scholarships for their program? What would you say? Absolutely. What are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? It, this is, it's here for, and I believe that anyone with hesitancy it definitely has to be an issue of maybe not having the proper education. Um, and, uh, and that can be, I mean, we see what happened with PPP, <laughs> but that's a whole nother podcast, right? Um, but when you're not well-educated on the ins and outs of things, and sometimes we don't, it's not that we don't want to be informed, it's that sometimes maybe we don't have the time to research the things that, you know. So it's up to us, just like the person who helped me find out about the program. Um, and it's just, you know, individually, I just take it as my personal responsibility, having seen how beneficial it's been. And I just spread, spread the news. Elizabetta, in May, we announced a special initiative called Access, awarding childcare education scholarship supplements. And tell us how Access temporarily alleviates the financial burden of childcare for families in the CAPS program. Yeah, I think that um, Miranda has alluded to it a few times during our podcast already, but what Access did is it covers the whole cost of tuition for all the families who are enrolled in CAPS. So where CAPS normally had what we call a base rate that we would pay to child care providers depending on the type of care, the location of the, the child care program, um, and the age of the child, now under Access, we pay the full published rate. So what that means is that the childcare program charges a rate, the family um, would typically have paid a family fee and the difference between what CAPS pays and what the childcare program charges and now CAPS pays that whole amount. So um, parents don't have to pay anything. And as Miranda talked about, they can 
um, use that money in other ways. Um, and I think she elaborated on it beautifully. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's really much did. better than I ever could. So I'll leave it with her, her, her explanation on that. <laughs> And and also, since the pandemic, we've waived certain CAPS policies to support families and child care providers impacted by COVID-19. Are those ongoing? Yes. um, We call those our CAPS emergency policies or policy waivers. And um, specifically, there's several with regard to payment. And what they mean, what they are, are um, in a nutshell, the, the most relevant ones are that we will pay, CAPS will pay for a child to, to, uh, to a child care program for a child that's enrolled in the CAPS program, whether that program is open or temporarily closed, because we know sometimes um, in, especially during the pandemic, programs have had to close temporarily or close a classroom or whatnot. So we're paying whether they are open or temporarily closed. We are also paying, most importantly, whether a child is present or absent. As long as that child has attended at least one time since they were in the CAPS program. Um, and that's been a game changer, I think, for child care providers because it allows them to have um, a dependable, consistent income that's coming in from their scholarships uh, for, via the CAPS program. And so if that parent doesn't feel comfortable with their child attending child care or their child is sick or whatnot, they are still able to um, to charge the CAPS program. And so that's, I think, in a nutshell, um, our emergency policies. There are some others that pertain to um, other aspects of the program, but those are the most pertinent ones, I think, to this discussion. Well, according to Child Care Aware of America, the average annual price for full-time infant care in a child care center in Georgia is approximately $8,729 a year or $168 a week. Elizabeth, what's the reaction been from child care providers and advocates around the state? I think that they have been extremely excited about the um, access program, the emergency policy um, um, waivers that that I talked about, the payment waivers, as well as, of course, this expansion and having the ability to serve more children um, through the CAPS program. I think when you roll all of that together, it's just an amazing um, opportunity, not just for families, but also for um, child care providers um, in the, as I mentioned before, there's the steady funding stream that they can rely on um, that's going to be coming in and that they can have that free relationship that Miranda talked about with their families without being burdened by having to collect fees and worry about that part of it that they can just worry about the care um, of the child and um, communicating with that parent about their child's development and their needs. And so um, I think that's been wonderful. And of course, for families, the opportunity to give um, uh, more families the opportunity to be, you know, to have access to having their child care paid for is, um, I think, um, Miranda has said uh, it over and over in this podcast in a, in a much better way and more eloquent, eloquently than I can, um, how important that is and how helpful to families that that is. And so I'd say that the reaction has been um, really, really amazing. Um, and people have been really, really um, grateful for this, this additional um, help. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Miranda, you did you did mention earlier a little bit about the cost of childcare, and uh, just wanted to make sure you are benefiting from the access program. So you're not having to pay that family fee or, or anything, you know, that might be different from what CAPS pays and um, what the provider your provider might charge you. Is that does all that sound right to you? It sounds completely okay. right. I just turned in my renewal. Okay, excellent. <laughs> so, so I'm all renewed. Um, and shout out to Tara Davis, who is my uh, my caps uh, case manager. She is amazing, and she actually um, I was behind because I was just doing so much. And she gave me a call and she said, "Hey, it's time for your caps. Um, I know that I didn't see your renewal in um, Gateway, so just go ahead and do that for me." And I just was so thankful that she reminded me. Um, so it's just you know I'm telling you it's it's like uh, we talked about earlier, it is literally priceless. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's great to hear. Yes. Yeah, that really <laughs> is. So uh, for more information, you can call us 1-833-4, the number 4-G-A-CAPS. That's 1-833-442-2277. Or visit us online at caps.decal.ga.gov. There's information there, both for families looking to apply or child care programs looking to be a CAPS provider. Elisabetta, as always, we appreciate you and all of the work that you're doing. And Miranda, my gosh, I think you're the top cheerleader for the CAPS program in the state of Georgia beginning today. <laughs> you bet. Thanks for you all bet. the Pom-poms comments. on. <laughs> Go Georgia. <laughs> I love it. Great information today. We hope more families are able to benefit from uh, the CAPS program. And uh, Commissioner, beginning October 18th, all licensed Georgia child care providers were encouraged to apply for a fourth round of short-term assistance benefit for licensed entities, or what we call stable forward from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. This is part of the ARPA uh, Act passed by Congress earlier this year. How is that process going? You know, it's going uh, really well. We just actually closed the first round of Stable Forward um, just a few days ago. And so there are a total of 4,354 providers that are eligible to apply. And uh, almost 85% of those have applied. So over 3,600 child care providers, centers and family child care learning homes have already submitted that application. Uh, we will now review that application and uh, that money will start flowing very, very soon on a monthly basis to these providers. If providers did not submit their application for whatever reason, uh, maybe they're undergoing a change of ownership or, or whatever the case may be, we will open it back up in February. Um, we want all providers that are eligible to have access to these dollars. Um, and again, we will send out $871 million to providers um, over the next about two years. So um, it's their money to stabilize them and their business so that they can continue to serve children in their communities. Talk about unprecedented. That's unreal. It is. It's great, great turnout. I think it may be a little bit higher than our previous three rounds, um, but, I, but I, I, I pause to say that before I, you know, double check that with my fact checkers. So don't give me a red right. or green on that, but it's close. If it's not, it may be above. All right. And you can get more information, uh, just email stable at decal.ga.gov. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, this is BJ Sutton, and I'm a pre-K specialist here in Nashville, Georgia. My question for the commissioner is, 
what happens to Georgia's pre-K program paid for by the lottery if Congress passes free universal pre-K on the federal level? Well, that is a great question, and we're getting that a lot. Um, as you know, since you're part of the pre-K program, Georgia pre-K has been around for almost 30 years. And so um, I'll have to say Georgia pre-K will just continue to get better. If, if UPK uh, does pass, it would require states to offer it to more four-year-olds. But what would be the biggest change is we would offer a Georgia pre-K program to three-year-olds across the state. And so, um, you know, I think we're all in agreement that um, Georgia pre-K does a great job of preparing kids for for kindergarten. So any any additional children that can benefit from that type of, that type of program will be good. Um, when you think of three-year-olds, we've never done that before. So that'll be new um, at DECAL if that's the route we go and if, if UPK does pass Congress and the president signs it. So um, a lot more to come uh, on that. But we have a great foundation. So um, more people, more children will benefit from what we know as Georgia pre-K at this point if it does pass. And that is a fluid situation because we're waiting to see what happens in Congress and, and all that. So a lot of details to be yeah. worked out. We've got a little bit of time to kind of work through it, I think, before it actually becomes official. Yeah. And I think if it does pass, which, you know, who knows what it will look like when it does pass, states have about three years to really get it fully implemented. So we've got some time to plan, but um, I think Georgia's in a good spot. We we know a lot. We grew Georgia pre-K from 750 kids to 80,000. So um, we're in a good spot to do it if, it if it does come to fruition. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response immediately, right now. Don't put it off to decal download at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. Starting November 1st, Georgia's CAPS program is expanded by... How many children? Starting November 1st, Georgia's CAPS program expanded by how many children? Answer that question correctly. We'll draw one name and give you a prize from Andretti Indoor Karting and Games, Chick-fil-A, Fernbank Museum, The School Box, Six Flags Over Georgia, Stone Mountain Park, The Skyline Park at Pont City Market, Wild Animal Safari, or Wild Adventures Theme Park. All those prizes We'll draw one out of the closet, give that to you. You'll be a winner here on the Decal Download Quiz. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.